0: Welcome back to the podcast. This week, our guest is Derek Kinney, who is the CEO of Good Money Framework. Welcome.
1: Gary, thank you for having me. It's a real honor to be with you today.
0: Appreciate it. So, Derek, explain to me, what what made you decide to get into, into the field of finance?
1: Well, when I was, boy, going back, uh, just coming out of college, I took one finance class in college, and I recognized a real problem there that financial education, especially for students about to enter the workforce was very, very slim. Yeah. Then I began to observe my parents and ask them some questions about, hey, do you feel prepared in investing? Do you have a plan for retirement? And I noticed that they didn't and a lot of their friends didn't either. And I realized, I think there may be an opportunity here because growing up, I always enjoyed making money. I remember it as a kid, uh, you know, whether it was power washing driveways in the neighborhood or begging my parents to try to get a hardship license at age 15 so I could go get a job. They said, no, I had to wait till I was 16, but I was just motivated to go make money. It was just fun to kind of be in control of what I could do with my money. And as I left college, I went to work for a small software company. I out of school and that taught me a couple things first of all it gave me a bird's eye view in terms of how a small business albeit a very dysfunctional one (laughs) really worked and a couple highlights here you know our boss was notorious for fridays about four o'clock when you're about to get ready to leave and plan the weekend this email would enter your inbox it would say hey Tomorrow's gonna be a work day, guys. We need to we need to work on this project. And my heart would sink. I'd call my wife and say, all right, everything we planned is out the door, and she wasn't happy about that. But I think the real highlight was bouncing two paychecks, not just for me, but for all of the other ten employees. And you know, imagine writing like a tithing check to your church and having to call the minister up and saying, Hey, sorry to tell you this, but I just wrote you a hot check. Right. Uh, to help fund the ministry, and uh, he was, uh, you know, understanding, but it was just embarrassing. And, and sometimes in life, you learn lessons by what people do, but not how you would do them. And that's really as I crafted my own financial plenty business uh, about a year or so later, I thought, hey, I never want to bounce a check. I want to make sure that people have the weekend to refresh because if they're a good version of themselves, they're going to be a better version when they work for me as well. So all the lessons I learned as a as a business uh, employee, but then wanting to make my business even better.
0: Right. Well, then you took and sold that your practice and started up a good money framework can you tell us about that
1: yeah so I uh, built uh, what many people would call a very successful financial planning business in Arlington Texas right in between Dallas and Fort Worth and had that for about 25 years and one of the principles that I built that on I write about this in my book good money revolution was this concept of a generosity purpose and that was what I realized early on, I was about 24 years old, not a gray hair in my head, I looked like a young punk, candidly, okay. just out of school, and I realized, who's going to invest their hard-earned money with this young kid? And what I began doing, not, in, not directly to gain business, but I, I really had a passion for education. I always thought about when I was in high school wouldn't it have been nice to have somebody like a financial advisor or a business owner or an executive, somebody who's in business now? come to our class and say, hey, I know you're in this accounting class and economics class and business class, but here's what the future could look like for you. That would have really motivated me to want to do better as a student, but nobody ever did that. So I realized I wanted to go back. And so I began to recognize a student of the month and a teacher of the month in my alma mater. And I gave them $25 for the student, $50 for the teacher. But what I learned later was, it was like they won the lottery because somebody believed in them. And what I did is I took a picture with myself and the student and the teacher and the principal and put it in the newspaper back in the day. Now I would put it on social media. Well I did this for a couple months and I, I began to get phone calls and a woman called me one day. She said, Derek, we want to invest our money with you. And I finally said to her after getting a couple calls like this, why are you investing with me of all the advisors in town that you could invest with? Why did you pick me? She said something that was very profound that I'll never forget. She said, Derek. It's because you care about what we care about, and it taught me right then they were passionate about education, and because they saw me giving back to educators and students, they wanted to work with me. So what I would tell everybody listening is, as a business owner, you want to bring your A game. You want to be the one who is the specialist, not the generalist. But the way to decommoditize yourself and stand out among all the other advisors, all the other business owners, whatever field you're in, is to be that giving person who cares about their community, about causes that your clients care deeply about.
0: Hmm. That's that's you know I, 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 here we do that do a lot of that, um, but I've never looked at it at that at that angle. And I and I guess it's just. From the standpoint, of, you know, I think that's something that just comes from within. Yeah. Uh, that you know that that you do that, but I've never kind of you know really looked at it um, you know from that manner. Um, in going through this, and even now with with your business now, what are you finding that are some of the common mistakes that people are making?
1: Well, one of the things that led me actually to sell my business was there's this emerging voice in culture and some of your listeners will resonate with this, that says, money is bad. And that if you make a lot of money, you're really the villain. And I am always shocked by this, you know, think about, and this is gonna be a huge example, but think about Jeff Bezos, you know, running Amazon. Think about the pandemic when all of us had to stay at home. I was ordering almost every day off amazon.com, walmart.com. Those companies provided real value to me as a business owner And for people to criticize them for making so much money, well, that's what you do when you add value to people's lives. And so when I begin to hear this in culture, what I worried about was, boy, if somebody listening who hasn't yet made money, but wants to make it, but feels held back by this voice of, you know, what if you make money, they're gonna call you a bad person. That might rob people of a valuable product or service that you could do for someone to really solve a pain point for them. And so when I began to hear that, that was the catalyst. I I felt like at the end of my 25-year career as an advisor, I, I wanted to do something different. I wanted to take this message to a broader marketplace. But that was the catalyst right there, Gary, as I think about it, was how can I help educate other business owners, people who work hard every day to provide for their family, but give them a new motivation, really flip the script around. Don't just go make money and go make a lot of it. Because it's not going to make you happy long term. How can we set you up where there's a cause that you care deeply about? I call it your generosity purpose. It's something that you say, I want to go make money and add value to people's lives so I can help this person or help this cause. And then to supercharge that, if you let your customers and clients know, hey, here's what we're doing to be an active part in the community, know that a portion of all of our profits go to support this cause that that they care about as well. Uh, We've seen it time and time again help increase sales for business owners. They feel happier because they're actually making a difference in people's lives.
0: Now, how, how are you reaching out to to find these business owners, um, and and once you find them, how are you helping them find what their purpose is? Because I know many times, you know, when I'm dealing with business owners, again, so many of them are are the tacticians, um, and all their th- you know they're, they're nose to the grindstone. Okay, make money, make money, make money, because I got all these bills to pay. How is it that you're able to get them to kind of kind of stop and, and realize what that purpose is.
1: Let me tell you a quick story about a gentleman named Dave, who was a long-time client. And you know those relationships, Gary, you have where you can just tell something's bothering somebody by their body language. You don't even have to say anything. He, You could tell when he sat down in my office, he kind of slumped in the chair. He was carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. We had some small talk, but I said, Dave, tell me what's wrong. And he, he began to tell me a story that. He no longer was motivated to go into his consulting office anymore, no longer motivated, no longer excited about it. He was just going through the motions. He said he didn't feel a sense of purpose. And when he said that word, I asked him a question. I said, Dave, is there a cause that you care deeply about? And he began to tell me about a trip that his family took years earlier uh, overseas. And in this village they went to, he remembered the guide talking about that In this village, what was holding back this entire community of, you know, young people to to adults was the lack of a school building. And if they could have a formalized education system, it would revolutionize this entire community. And he remembered exchanging this glance with his wife as if to say, wouldn't it be cool to fund that school? So they get back to the States. Life gets busy. He's back in the business again. My question brought it back. And I said, Dave, what if you did this? This may sound crazy, but... What if you set a goal to increase sales over the next six months and you took half of that increase and used it to fund that school? Well, his eyes got as big as saucers. We talked about what would be some ways to do that, brainstorm and so forth. So he left the office. He comes back in, not six months later, but three months later, he looks younger. He looks more motivated. He looks rejuvenated. I said, Dave, it's night and day, the difference, what happened? So he tells me, he said, Derek, I was skeptical about what you said to do, this whole generosity purpose deal, but I had nothing to lose. And so he let his team know, hey, over the next six months, we've set a very aggressive sales goal and we're going to take half of it to fund this school. So he got his team bought in, then he let his customer base know, hey, we want you to know that you're part of something bigger. You could buy what we offer from anybody. And we do it really well, but we want you to be part of helping make the world better. So his customers got on board. They began to refer other people to him because he said, we want to take a portion of our our profits and give it to this school. I mean, it was very small, but keep in mind, in a third world country, building a school doesn't cost a whole lot. But it was just the fact that they were doing something. And so what it did is it taught him a lesson of this, if he could tie his money to meaning, his purpose to profits, that combination would actually provide him some lasting happiness, significance. And when he laid his pillow, laid his head on the pillow at night, he would feel like he accomplished something really big. He didn't just provide a great service to people, but he really helped make the community and the world better. Right. Now,
0: <laughs> how do you you know because sometimes i run into business owners that that it's just kind of like um no matter what you say it's kind of like oh yeah oh yeah i do that i do that how do you, how do you get through to those people because i mean it definitely sounds like for all of us that have been in business, uh, you know, for a while, it does. At the beginning, yes, we're much more energetic about it and things like that. And as we go, we kind of it kind of loses its luster. So, how do you uh, get that get that back?
1: Yeah, one of the things that I like to do is I meet with clients, and and this comes through the coaching that we do. If people buy the book, listen to the podcast. You know, it's all about starting with money. I mean, ultimately, my goal here is how can I help people make more money? And so the first question is, well, how much money do you want to make? And that may sound like a very easy question, but so many people simply say more than I'm making now. And if we can have them write down, even on a note card, here's how much revenue I want to make by insert the date. Well, now it's just a math problem, and now it's just a matter of how do we figure out how to do that? And right. so then what we figure out is what is the vision for them for the business? And, and really delving deeper, and, and what I asked them to say is, look, we want to we meet outside the office because they're going to see their team, the phone's going to ring, the fires are being put out. I want to remove them from their situations so they can really focus on themselves. And think about the business and not be in the business for about an hour and if we can do that and talk about what are some of the goals what do they want their life to look like over the next 10 20 years uh, really delve deep in terms of some things they care about it might be their family it might be a cause they care about it might be something going back even when they were younger that they wish they could have helped solve a problem in the world whatever that may be is how do we begin to tie that cause and what they care about to a motivation as to why they should go make more money. And what we find is, I mean, research tells us this, is that Making money itself, after you get to about $75,000, believe it or not, is what they call the satiation point, where you're happy, but it doesn't lead to any long-lasting difference in happiness mm-hmm. than if you're making $100,000 or more. So we know that it's not the amount of money. It's sort of this rush you get when you get it, that big client, new business, etc. cetera. Right. But for you to feel a lasting sense of fulfillment and meaning with your business It's not just adding value to your customers' lives when you see them leave the office knowing that you provided a tax strategy or an idea that really saved them money, and made them money. That's fulfilling. But then when they know that by working with Gary, I'm helping provide uh, whatever a cause is or helping make a difference in my community, it's sticky because when other competitors come knocking and they do, they want to know, boy. My advisor, my business owner knows his stuff, but also he's making the world better. It's a sticky relationship that makes people not want to leave that story.
0: Hmm. That's, I mean, that's, you know, again, I, some of this I find it, it very fascinating because again, it is you're 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 helping re-energize people, um, it, you know, throughout their throughout their business. Um, you know you talk about um you know people thinking that you know money is bad um and and going through that you know how do you help them overcome that that thought of you know money is bad
1: you know it's interesting because i'll tell you another quick story i was in the office catching up on a few things on a saturday morning And I saw my voicemail light blinking as I walked into the office. And I thought, well, I really want to keep working. don't want to be distracted. But a voice inside said, you know what? You need to press this button because somebody needs to talk to you. And so on the other side of that, when I pressed the button was a frantic client's voice. Her name was Debbie. And she said, Derek, you've got to call me back right away. I bounced a check and now I'm going to go to jail. Well, I have never heard anybody say that before. Right. And I thought, I can't wait till Monday. This news is not going to fester very well. So I called her right back. She was still frantic. I said, first of all, tell me what happened. She said, Derek, it was a total accident. I bought something. I received a letter in the mail from the bank that basically said I didn't move my money from savings to checking to cover the check. It's a hot check. It's going to cost me money. Now I'm going to go to jail. And I said, okay, hold on. I said, first of all, we can call the bank as a service you know, to you. I'll help you move the money and take care of that. But why in the world do you think you're going to go to jail? So she tells me a story. She said, Derek, when I was a kid, my dad went to buy school clothes for myself and uh, my siblings. And I overheard a phone conversation that he had with a store manager calling him saying, we, we saw that you bounced this check. We've called the police and now we're going to send you to jail. So what she heard as a seven-year-old girl was, if you bounce a check, you go to jail. Here she was over 50 years old. By most people's accounts, a successful woman, but she had this belief that held her back and what it revealed to me was... I would recommend investment ideas to her for the past 20 years. She was always hesitant to take any type of risk at all, and it actually cost her quite a bit of money just in terms of opportunity. But what it cooled me into was, here was a woman who lived with this belief all her life that not just if I bounce a check, I go to jail, but if I make a mistake financially, then it's really bad for me. And so I say that because some people listening right now may think, Maybe they saw at the, at the breakfast table growing up, they, they heard a fist pound that said, if only we had more money, then we could do this. Or somebody might have said, you know, in life, there's the haves and the have-nots, and we're just part of the have-not family. Right. Well, I cringe when I hear that, Gary, because what it tells me is that people's potential has been held back they might have started a business. They might have done better financially, but they had this belief, this limiting belief that said, if I make a mistake or better yet, I'm not really good with money. Our family was not good with money, so I shouldn't have a lot of money. It's going to hold me back financially. So part of it is just asking questions, going back into people's past and helping them uncover. Maybe they heard something. Maybe somebody told them one time, you know, You're only going to make what you're earning right now. You're not smart enough. You're not talented enough. This is all you're going to do in life. And they accepted that belief. And I just want to have people, you know, take a white an eraser on a whiteboard and erase all those false thoughts and say, you know what, if you've had a dream to launch a business or to do something new or to launch a side hustle, I cannot think of a better time to do it. But you have to believe in yourself first before others will believe in the value that you can provide to them.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, with some of the, the the fear that people have and, and, you know, you call it, put, you know, going in the discomfort zone. Um, I kind of look at, you know, OK, pushing pushing you outside your comfort zone. Right. How do you how do you do that with these business owners?
1: You know, it's very important to go deeper than just the business itself in other words on the surface level most business owners will tell you you know one of the things i enjoy is helping solve people's problems Mm -hmm. which is very admirable you know when when somebody comes in with a pain point and you can help give them something to ease their pain or to save them money make them money that's very rewarding but then over time business owners ask themselves, well Is there something more than this you know is is there a sense of significance that i can feel to do something bigger in the community and my family and and really impact the next generation in my family and that's where asking them about are there things that are important to them it might just be a hobby it it might be a side business it might be you know trips they want to go on but oftentimes we uncover you know if you could leave a legacy to the next generation, what would that be? What would you want them to know or what would you want to tell them? And out of that, I begin to kind of pull out of them, you know, I would love to encourage future entrepreneurs. I would love to teach people really how to provide great service to people in an age of this technological revolution where people think they can just email people and get a new customer. Yeah, You know, that they want to make a real impact. And so we talk about, hey, what would be something that you could either do with your time or your money or both? Because here's what I find, and research completely backs this up, when you feel fulfilled and you feel like you're making people's lives better, you feel happier and more successful. And right. that's the mentality that will then cause you to want to go make more money, to serve more people, to then do more good for the causes that you're really, really passionate about.
0: Yeah. I. I... I think that you know, I agree with you because I think many times as as business business owners we are. I mean, that's our job. where we we solve problems. We put out fires. That's what we what we're we're used to doing. Um, and and I think sometimes it's hard to reflect back and and really, kind of figure out okay, what is, what is it that we that we really want because we're so busy taking care of everybody else. That's for sure.
1: Well, I think that's such a good point and the purpose of good money revolution in this book is all about how can you think about money differently you know there's that expression that says if you do what you've always done you'll get what you've always got and i think it's important right now especially as we have emerged from the pandemic and now as we are facing sky high inflation a stock market so volatile Business owners, right now, I think, need to do two things. They need to decommoditize themselves mm-hmm. and they need to specialize. You know, for example, if you had a shoulder injury, would you go to your general practitioner doctor that knows a little bit about all the body parts, or would you go to the shoulder specialist that all they do every day is they work on shoulders? If you're like me, you'd go to the shoulder specialist and what business owners want to do right now is how can you begin to brand yourself as the specialist? You know, you're the person who specializes in a certain set of problems. You're not the generalist. You can go deep on them and what that means is you can charge more because people expect to pay the specialist more. Just like Gary, we were talking off the air, I mean, you do a great job of helping people educate them on how they can use their tax money, you know, how you can help save them proactively on their taxes. I mean, you're a specialist in that field. Not every CPA does that. And so I think that's what separates you where you're at and other business owners can adopt the same mentality that I am the expert in this. And if you want to work with the expert, it's going to cost you more, but also you're going to give more value for it as well. So helping people understand what is their true level of expertise can be very, very valuable as we might be on the cusp of entering into a recession if we're not already there.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially with what's going on with, with you know, overseas and uh, the the energy, um, cost of energy that we have and everything else. I, I totally agree with you and I think that many people do need to start, um, you know, thinking that way for sure. So, Derek, we've covered covered a lot of stuff. I could go on with you for for a long time because I find what you're doing is is pretty fascinating. But what have I not asked you that you wish I had?
1: You know, I, I think right now would be what is the mentality that business owners should have in a time of volatility. And what I would say to that would be, you know, for many business owners, they tend to wear their business on their sleeves. I mean, they they carry it with them. Even when they're at home, they're thinking about business. When they wake up, they're thinking about business. It's hard. And when we begin to see the economy show signs of slowing, when you may begin to wonder, boy, are, are my sales gonna drop? What can I do? I would just tell business owners right now to reach out to their top customers and ask them, what is the highest level of value that we provide to you right now? You know, What is the pain point that we help solve for you? And I would encapsulate that and I would begin to use that specific input to go work on bringing in new business right now. So many business owners I think are going to want to hunker down, let's just cost cut our way through this. But I think right now when people are really feeling worried, anxious, nervous, there's no better time to go out there and solve even more people's pain points because your focus group, your current client base has told you the value that you provide to them. And uh, so that's what I would tell them. Great,
0: thank you. So if our, if our audience likes what they hear and they want to talk to you more, uh, learn more about uh, you know your book and, and good money, How can they reach out to you?
1: Yeah, we do want to get this message into as many people's hands as possible. And humbly, I don't think there's ever been a money book like this written before. This is a way to completely revolutionize how business owners think about money and why they should make more of it. I've got a website. It's goodmoneychapters.com. And we're giving away the first five chapters of the book for free. You get the introduction, you get my introduction, you get the first five chapters. We want people to to see the message firsthand, give it a sample. They want to buy the book great, but we just want to make sure that we're impacting people's lives. And it's goodmoneychapters.com.
0: Great, great. Really appreciate your time and, and all your wisdom. I think that, uh, that what you're doing is fascinating. And I like the idea of, of somebody working with business owners, trying to get them you know, out of their comfort zone and to think about more important things than just money.
1: Well, thank you, Gary. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Thanks for having me today. Thanks. Today, our guest was
0: Derek Kenning, who is the CEO of Good Money Frameworks. We'll see you guys next week.
1: This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC.